Hey everybody, welcome to the Creative Processing Podcast. My name is Joe Gordon-Levitt. The idea of this show is to have a conversation about the creative process inspired by one question. That question comes from you out there asking questions on the internet. And then I find a guest who I think will be good at answering that question. This week's guest is the casting director, Mary Vernu. She is an incredible, smart, and very, very accomplished casting director in the movie business. She cast some of her recent credits are the, uh, the show that's just out now, Euphoria, Fast and the Furious, Hobbs and Shaw, John Wick, A Star is Born. She works with some of the best directors, or at least my favorite directors, Darren Aronofsky, Robert Rodriguez, Ryan Johnson, our friend Ryan Johnson. She cast uh, the Star Wars movie that Ryan did. She cast his latest movie, Knives Out. She cast uh, me in his movie, Looper. And, uh, and she also cast the movie that I wrote and directed, Don John, uh, which is how I know her. Well, I guess I knew her from before. But anyway, she's an incredibly talented and smart person and super good at her job. And uh, I thought she'd be really good at answering this question. This question is from Monica Patricio from Lima, Peru. And Monica asked, How much do contacts matter when starting a project or career? This is the whole question of, it's all about who you know. And, uh, you know, on the one hand, I, I cringe when I hear that, to be really honest. Like, it's, not about, it's not just about who you know. You got to be good at what you do. You got to work hard. But if I'm really honest, uh, of course, it also does have to do with who you know. And this is what Mary and I were talking about. You know, she's on the front lines of this. She's a casting director. She's sort of uh, that, I don't know, you could almost say, gatekeeper, if you will, if you wanted to phrase it a certain way. I don't think she thinks of herself that way. But I, I, I imagine that, that that is kind of how it looks to the rest of the world, um, especially people who want to have a career in a creative field like acting. But I think this applies to any creative field, not just acting. It could be music, it could be writing, it could be anything. There's a perception, and I think the perception is to some degree true, that there's like a gatekeeper. There's a person who's holding the keys. And if they'll give you a shot, if they'll let you into the party, then you can do your thing professionally. And I, I, I'm describing it in mythical terms, and I think it's partially a myth, but again, I think it's partially true, uh, for better or for worse. And we talk about some of the that struggle of... Uh, that it's it's not always fair. I hate to be the one saying it. I wish that it were. It should be in an ideal world, but it's not. And how to a deal with that, how to overcome it, and also just how to how to cope with that reality. Um, I also think that this episode, probably more than than other ones, has some some good kind of practical takeaways. For those of you out there that might be thinking about having a, a career in a creative field or already do have a career in a creative field, and I frankly uh, mostly sort of de-emphasize the career part, not because it's not important, but because there's already just so much talk about that. But if you are interested in pursuing a creative field professionally, or if you already are doing that, whether it's acting or, like I said, any of the other professional fields, I think this episode 
will be useful. I think it will be inspiring. I think it'll galvanize you to go do it. But I also really wanted it to be realistic because I think there's a lot of rhetoric out there of, um, I can help you follow your dreams. And um, I think some of that stuff, frankly, is not entirely honest. And uh, I think Mary and I were, were doing our best to have an honest conversation. Uh, so with that ominous preface, <laughs> um, I, I, I do. It was, it, was a, it was a lovely conversation. She's a lovely person. I, I, uh, I hope you enjoy it. So ladies and gentlemen, Mary Vernew. Mary, thanks for doing this. Oh, it's my pleasure. Um, you don't usually get to do podcasts and stuff, and like interviews and things. No, yeah. I don't. Yeah. I'm always behind the scenes. <laughs> right, right. So you're a fantastic casting director. Um, I've worked with you uh, a number of times, yes. and you've worked with a great many incredible filmmakers that I will have already detailed to our listening audience. Um, but do you want to just... I, you know, the, this show is about us discussing one question and I want to, I want to uh, read the question. And then I think though, before maybe starting to answer it, it might be worth just talking a bit about what a casting director is and does. Do you want to just talk about that for a sure. second and then I'll, I'll yeah. read the question? Sure. Um, a casting director is someone who helps the director figure out who should be in the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we our job is to know talent and to discover talent and to find people in the you know most unusual places. Um, you know, we get a script and we make lists and you know check people what they're doing, what their schedules are, and then sort of review those lists with the director and the producers. Um, and then also start the audition process and, you know, get people in to read and pull the sides and sort of like put them put the the faces of the movie together. When you say pull the sides and the audition process, for those listening that don't know anything about that, can you elaborate on, on what that yes. is? Yes. So you pick the scenes that you think are best to have the actor be able to get – well, to be able to have the director get a sense of what the actor can do with the role. Mm-hmm. So you pull some scenes from the script and you bring them in and have them read and hopefully do, you know, a work process with the director yeah. um, so that we can get – everyone can get a sense. And that process is very helpful for the director because then they can get to know their characters. Right. This is the – Audition. I've I've yes. done this many many times. Been doing it ever since I was a little kid. I started yes. auditioning, and it's a it's a big part of if you want to work professionally as an actor. Auditioning is a big big part of it. It is a big part, and it's not always. It can be a very hard process. I think for the actor, very. Um, very it's a very hard process for yeah. the actor, and you know we we I really try to make it a warm place. And a safe place. That's what. That's a big part of why you're so good at it. I think it's, is you. Yeah. You make it not as painful. Some auditions are painful. Painful. So some of the, some of the more embarrassing and just like nerve wracking experiences in my life have been yeah. auditions. Yeah, they're hard. Yeah. It's a really hard thing because it's an artificial environment. Yeah. So as an artist, you're walking into this funny room with people who are you know you don't know if they're friendly or not and. It can be – it's nerve-wracking. Yeah. So you as the casting director are sort of in charge of making this process go. And yes. who the people are that will come and audition and how that audition is going to work. And, yes. and you, do, you do it 
very well. Thank, thank you. Yeah, I, I do try to make it a nice a nice environment because <laughs> I do know how hard it is. It is it's, it's rough on the actors. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So with that. I'm going to ask the question, and then okay. we'll we'll see you know all the different things that 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 leads us to talk to. Okay. Um, so this question it comes from uh, Monica Patricio from Lima, Peru. Oh wow! And she asked, "How much do contacts matter when starting a project or career?" I think it. I mean, for me, I think I try not to make that matter much. Um, I think it's I think it it's helpful to get in the room because mm-hmm. it's all about how you get in the in the room to audition. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you have a good agent or a good manager that is you know knowledgeable and has has relationships with the casting director, that definitely can be helpful. Yeah. But I really like to find people who might not have those contacts. And and so you know it's really it's it's for me, it's not as important. I, I think it's important to, for my job, to I see someone. Sometimes I'll see someone on the street and just be like, and you know, my office gets very mad at me because I make I <laughs> I, really? I go outside the box a lot. Um, Wait, you, you'll see someone. You've done that. You've seen someone on the street and just based on what what they look like. Yeah, and if I'm looking for that, and I, and I, I just like an it's like an instinct. When was you the know? last time that you that, that that actually happened? I'm trying to remember when when. Um, you know, I do it a lot with with if it's a kid of kids. If I'm right. looking for like a younger version of someone, and then uh, I'll see someone, and then you know, yeah, you'll, I'll we'll go up and try to to get them to kind of audition because especially with kids, it's not necess- they don't need to be actors as much. It's more if right. they're close to who they're playing, right? And I do it a lot on you know if there's some some commercial, I'll see somebody in the background. I'm like, find that person. Because for me, it's just all about how they feel, how how an act, how it feels. Like if they if you're like, oh, they they catch your eye, yep. it means something. That is something that I have noticed so much in uh, because I grew up going on all these auditions and wondering, are they going to pick me? Am I going to get the part? And what's it going to take for me to convince these people in this room to give me this part? And my my natural uh, tendency is like, well, if I do the best job, if I'm just the best actor that they see, if I've like really invented a, a, like a great version of this character and I'm, I know these lines inside and out and I make this scene really cook, like if I'm just skilled with my acting, that's going to make the difference. And I'm not saying that it doesn't make a difference, but what's so illuminating for me, having now been on the other side of those audition rooms, like you were the casting director when I when I directed a movie. I directed yes. Don John, and you were the casting director. And watching actors come in and getting a sense of why, like, I'm now that one. I'm the on the other side, like, making this decision. Okay, is it this person or is it that person? And certainly the skill is important, but there is something about what you just said, like, just how the person feels that it's hard to put your finger it's, on. It's an essence. It's And it's for what m- is a good match with whatever the role is. Mm-hmm. And it's not just the role. It's also who else is in the movie and how that all fits together mm-hmm. is quite a puzzle. And I always say to, to people, you know, go in and do the best that you can do and leave it in the room. Because it's not, there are so many factors that contribute to if you get a part or not. And yeah. it's not it's – not, it's, it's very hard not to – 
um, internalize or personalize that, but it really isn't. It's you, do, you should definitely come in and do the best job you can do, and if it's meant to be, it'll be. That's, That's I think was honestly impossible for me to understand until I was on the other side of it, and once I was on the other side of it, I was like, oh wow, because I I watched and saw actors come in with so much skill that had put in so much work, and were just clearly not going to get the part. Yeah. Because it wasn't, it just wasn't the right, like you said, all the all those different variables just didn't quite have that right feeling for that role, combining with the other actors and the material or whatever else. And and I thought myself back on all these times where I had put so much work into preparing and like giving a good skilled audition and didn't get the part. I was like, why didn't I get that? And I then realized like, oh, I mean... Not to toot my own horn and say that I was like <laughs> so so good or skilled or whatever, but I just realized like even even if I were so good and skilled, that might not be the only determining factor. I might just not have felt right. Yeah, it's 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 an interesting, and it really is something for me. After doing this as long as I've been doing it, I get a re- I get a very strong it feeling when I mm-hmm. when you know there's just something uh-huh. it's just it's it's interesting you just sort of you're like oh I think that's the person right you know and often that will happen with the first person who auditions I find which is a very interesting a lot of times the first person comes in oh. and they set a bar and then you go through this whole process and a lot of times you end up where you started which wow. I also find very you know interesting. Well, that indicates some kind of bias, doesn't it? Like <laughs> th- th- there's an advantage. I didn't know that. I'm going to like now try to schedule my auditions <laughs> early in the morning. <laughs> Be the very first person on the very first day. <laughs> yeah. Um well, so you were saying then so to to the question of how much contacts matter because I think a lot of people listening to this right now Whether they want to be an actor or they want to do something else creative, whether it's in music or it's in, who knows, graphic design or writing or anything else, there's a perceived gatekeeper somewhere that's like, I want a career and I have to convince this person to give me the shot. And I, I think that's real. I mean, that is kind of your job. And... It is your job to this question of like how much do contacts matter? It's your job to try to make it matter less because you're out there trying to find the people who don't necessarily have the agent, who don't necessarily have the manager, who haven't necessarily been able to move to L.A. and like do that. And do that, yeah. But, I mean, you're not going to discover someone on the streets in, you know, like this question came from Lima, Peru. When was the last time you were in Lima? Never. Right, so. Right. How, I, I mean, to, to some degree, then the contacts matter. Yeah, I think it's contacts for sure. Somebody who can give you the knowledge about the things, though. It's more about having the knowledge about the project mm-hmm. and figuring out how to get your way in, right. right? Like, I'm a big believer in really working really hard and at your dream, whatever your dream is, mm-hmm. and working really hard and... I think there's a certain manifestation that happens in that process, too. And that, yeah. like, yes, it's important to know some person who knows somebody. Mm-hmm. But I think in the journey of your work, you'll find that person. Because mm-hmm. I think it's all about the art. It's about your art. And yeah. so the contacts matter. But to me, that's the one of the least important things. Because even if you have the contacts, the contacts might get you in the room 
But getting in the room isn't necessarily going to get you the job. It doesn't necessarily going to get you the job. Right. And I think that, like, our business works on – it does have, like, if you know someone and you know that person. But I think the the whole dream of becoming an actor and becoming the thing that that dream is also the, hey – you know, you you look great for this part. So it's mm-hmm. and I think especially nowadays with the internet and being able to do like we're able to do sort of open calls on the internet. Interesting. Talk more about that because I'm sure a lot of people listening they can't move to LA. No, they they like can't afford it or they can't. You know, they're in the middle of something. Whatever they're in the middle of their lives, whether it's family, professional, whatever else, they're not going to be able to just pick up and move to Hollywood. Right. But they might really want to work in the movie business or other things. So the internet is has the potential to really open that up. Yes. How has the internet changed like what, what well, you do? Well, it's changed quite a bit. I mean, you know, when, when I first started, we would have to go do open calls and we would physically have to go to whatever city it was. You mm-hmm. know, when I was an assistant, you know, on the doors, we did a huge open call here uh-huh. for all the concert goers. And it was so fun. For, yeah. It was really fun. <laughs> it was I a bet. really fun, interesting. And then, like, on JFK, we went to Texas and found all of the people that should people the the sort of street scenes. And, and we found people that way. You know, yeah. you go and you, you we would go to a, you know, a, like basically like a stadium and, wow. and publicize it and have people come. Uh-huh. And you would – you know, read everybody. You know, we did that. We've done that on on quite a few movies. And nowadays we don't go to the actual place because we can put things out, you know, via the Internet. And people can self-tape yeah, and yeah. they can upload it right. to, you know, uh, to our site. And How does so, that work? You have a website and you, how do you put out those calls? Well, there's, there's a thing called Breakdown Services, mm-hmm. which has – it goes to all the agents, but it also has a section that's all ac- all access. Uh-huh. So if you're someone who's like looking to see what's going on, you can go on that. It's a very m- minimal fee. Yeah. And it'll tell you what, okay, this person's casting this for a TV show or for a movie. And it, there's a place where you can just audition. You, the sides are up there. The sides are up there and you can tape sides an audition. sides are up there, yeah. And you can audition and you can load your, your thing. You can load your audition up on that site. Yeah. And then we'll see it. Yeah. This might sound depressing, but I feel like it's it, it'd be dishonest of me not to say this. I've done a bunch of audition tapes where I send in tapes of myself. Mm-hmm. I've mm-hmm. never gotten a part that way. I'm not saying that parts aren't gotten that way. I just personally have never gotten one that way. I think that it's now becomes like some people's there'll be some casting directors it's like they'll they'll they they need to do it quickly so they won't even read people they'll just send out self-tapes recently things are more about self-tapes than anything else and a lot of people don't even sometimes don't even have offices and they do everything via self-tapes it's It's been a while since i was since i was doing that Yeah. yeah i think so i think like i think it's i think it's really changed like now it's you know, if we're we're in a rush and we have to get something done in two days, we yeah. just send out all the self-tapes. And literally, that's how we cast it. Right, right. And I think also people are, are more open to that. Like, the directors are a little more open to it, too, about looking at people on tape because you, it's a further reach. Yeah. So you mentioned agents and managers, which to this question of contact, that's a big contact. Everyone talks about, like, wanting to get an agent or get, you know, get represented in that yeah. way. And again, this is more than just acting. This is for writing or music or anything. Not yeah. Anything. What's your perspective on that whole thing on agents on like how it works on on who who gets agents on how does that go? 
Well, an, a good agent is very important. Having a good agent is, is very important because for me, if an agent that I trust calls me and said, you have to meet this person, yeah. I, I meet the person. Right. Hands down. And I probably do a general with people I don't know. What's that mean? Uh, it means like so. so I so someone calls and says you have to meet this person. Yeah. And they come in and I sit with them for, you know, 30 minutes. Even if there's not a particular part yeah, that you're – just have a one-on-one, just sit down and say hi to them and get to know them. Mm-hmm. I probably do one of those a day. You know, I try to have – I have a one slot that I try yeah. to do. Yeah. Um, and if I'm extra busy, sometimes I don't make it. But I really do try to do that because it's how you it's how you know who's new and who's coming, you know, up. Right. And, and so those, those generals are usually f- recommendations from an agent? Yes. It's usually, you know, it's either a recommendation from an agent or manager mm-hmm. or it's a favor. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and so you're out there looking for folks who are new, but – Agents are also out there looking for folks who are new. That's yes. like what that's what they do. Yes, that's what they do. How good at it do you think they are? Like if you're in Lima again, I is think, an agent going to find you? I think that's hard. I think you have to find a way to have them find you, which is maybe, you know, doing some sort of audition for something mm-hmm. that somebody recognizes you for. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I know managers that, you know, do go to a lot of theater because theater is a really good way. Sometimes you'll mm-hmm. go to a play, which I try to do as often as I can in, in, in um, both New York and L.A. Yeah. And you'll see someone and you've never seen them before. And right. it's that's exciting to me. That's right. like, oh, it's like, who is that person? Oh, my gosh, they were so good in the play. Yeah. And I think that part of that is also that what I was talking about before about the manifestation of being an artist and just doing your work. Yeah. I feel like it, it'll It'll come to you if you work really, really hard and try to do everything that you can. Right. Whether it's self tapes and, mm-hmm. fi- you know, figuring out breakdown or doing a play, you know, or doing a showcase. Yeah. What about speaking of the internet? We talked about, uh, what'd you call it? Breakdown services. Yes. But then there, of course, there's YouTube, there's social media at large. Yes. How much is that? A thing because that feels like oh but maybe that's a real that's a viable avenue that wasn't available when I was getting started acting that you could maybe prove yourself as an artist online uh, how much are you or the agents that you work with aware of or sort of on the lookout for stuff online in that capacity definitely a place to look for talent and I think that a lot of the agencies now have departments that specialize just in YouTube and, you know, sort of finding the people on the internet, whether, you know, is that how Justin Bieber was discovered? Right, I think, right, right, right. And um, so I think that that has become a definite pool of finding talent. Yeah. Um, Andrew Batchelor, who I love, came off of doing a YouTube show and he's uh-huh. now really working a lot and mm-hmm. has really honed in on his craft and is yeah. work getting, you know, doing a lot of movies and he's very funny. And so I think, it, I think it's doing the YouTube and then trying to figure out what the transition is. Right. Because what's probably taking some acting classes and really – I also think watching a lot of movies is very helpful. Mm-hmm. I love that you keep coming back to the art itself. Because yeah. people ask me this. People have always asked me this uh, ever since I was young because I, I was on TV and stuff. People would ask me, how can I do what you do? And it's a perfectly reasonable question, Absolutely. of course. Like why like people would want to know. And 
But I always did find it remarkable that the conversation would rarely be about the art. Like, how do you do what you do meant? How do I get an agent? How do I get the contacts? How do I get the job? How do I get, like, how can I, like, work my way into getting into that room? And rarely would be about how do you do what you do, meaning how does story work? How does character work? How, you know, how could I invent a character and, and turn myself into that person? And how does comedy work? And how does drama work? And like, people ask me that less frequently. Yeah. Do you find the same? Yes, I do. And I think, and I do think it is about the art. And I do think it's about coming from inside of your passion as an artist is mm. what gets you where you want to be. Um, and I find, you know, I meet a lot of people who want to be famous, you yeah, know, yeah. and I don't think that's what it's about. I think mm-hmm. it's about doing the work and being an artist. And and there's a lot of people who come who want to be famous and they come to L.A. and they want to do – and then you see they it, it doesn't last. That's something that doesn't mm. – it's not sustainable, I don't think. Yeah. I think it, if it comes to you, it's an amazing thing, but – it's all about the work that gets you there. Yeah. Well, fame, I think, by definition, is fickle because Very. fame is all like it's always sort of about the new shiny object. And so if fame is the goal, you're definitively, even if you achieve it, sometime soon, you're going to lose it just that's, by definition. Like, absolutely. Because that's how fame works. Whereas creativity or art, it's it's not about that kind of fickle popularity contest. Is if right. you're if you're a great storyteller or you're a great painter or you're a great whatever it is, like those uh, mediums are by definition immortal. That's exactly. the whole idea That's of what the a whole painting idea. is. That's yeah. what the where the immortality comes is the crea- is creativity. Yeah. So another adjacent thing that connects to contacts is just. I guess, experience. How do you think about casting someone who's new versus someone who's done it a lot? Well, new is always exciting um, because it's, you know, one of the, my favorite things about what I do is when somebody who's brand new comes in and they get that job, mm-hmm. it's, it's like you watch someone's dream come true. It's the most exciting thing right. to see that happen to someone. You mm-hmm. know, it really is. It's a, it's really a beautiful thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that someone who's been doing it a long time, that experience and that knowledge is something that is crucial to being able to play a role. So normally when someone's new, it's like because they're like they're perfect for it. For whatever reason, it's like it's either close to who they are or they're mm-hmm. they're just a great actor and mm-hmm. they're they they're new they're they're new to, you know, to doing it or mm-hmm. so, you know, but I think they're both very valuable. I think they're both they're, they're very different things, but I I look for both. You do, right? Yeah. Cuz obviously someone who's New is probably going to have fewer contacts. Right. You're not going to be able to call up the last director who worked with them and say, hey, was this a good experience with this person? Right. So d- is that a bit of a disadvantage then sometimes? Does that give the the experienced people an advantage? 
It gives, I mean, I think the experience. I want the advantage, man. I think you have the advantage. <laughs> Definitely the experienced people have the advantage in that way. I think the experienced people have the advantage in that way because you because you do have the history of what they've been doing. Yeah. Um, and you certainly can't have a movie with all new people. Yeah. Uh, oh, that's <laughs> right? interesting. It's balanced. Talk about that. Why? Because right? I, I think I know where you're going there, but but unpack that. You can't have a movie with all new people. Why? Because then you have no one who has any experience, and then so there's no nothing to ground the movie in experience. You mm-hmm. know, it's when you, when you do a movie with kids, for example, they're gonna most of them will be on the newer side usually by definition, right? by yeah. definition, because they're kids. <laughs> yeah. Um, but you'll always have an adult, yeah, I- in the movie that mm-hmm. ha- that is sort of balance. It balances it out, yeah, so that they can, and then and then the kids can learn from the adults and have an experience of people who they they you can surround them with people who know it, who actually have have experience. Right, right. I see. I, I, I when you said you can't usually have a movie if everyone's new, where my perhaps cynical mind went is it's really it's hard to get a movie made meaning it's hard to gather the financing for a movie and the people who put up money one of the things that gives them confidence to make the investment in the movie is oh well a certain number of the actors have done a certain number of movies that have been successful and are you know known and all that so that's I mean that's a, a an indirect sort of contact, I guess you could say. Um, how much, and I kind of know the answer because we've cast a movie together before. Mm-hmm. Like, but I'm curious just to talk about how much that plays a part in a casting process. Um, thinking about, well, we want to have a balance of well-known actors versus less well-known actors. I think that you have to have someone who is known to the audience for any movie that is a substantial amount of money. You know, you can make a little movie that has nobody in it. um, And sometimes those movies will perform and be successful because it's art, right? Mm -hmm. But in general, you know, if you're doing especially independent film, they, you know, everyone wants somebody who is bankable. A name is what you were going to say. Someone who's bankable. A name who is bankable. Oh, it's sort of sad to think about. very sad. Yeah. But I will say that with these newer platforms, whether it's Netflix or Hulu or Amazon, there's been more of an opportunity for people to do things mm-hmm. to, to, you know, they're, they're, they're a little, they're a little more flexibility mm-hmm. than, than, it, than in say, like they want a name in every part. Yeah. You know, if you look at a show like Fleabag, for example, no one, you know, love Fleabag. Uh, oh my gosh, I, I love, love you just brought that up. I love it, you know, yeah obsessed, right? Like, uh, no, it's sh- like it's as good as, as any movie or any art that uh, Fleabag and Atlanta to me are like my just favorite things right now. Of, Agree. Of anything. Like, of anything. Yeah. Like, I was so sad after the second season of Fleabag. I, I didn't know what I was going to do. <laughs> I, I just know. watched it again. <laughs> did you? I guess I, I have to go back for round two. <laughs> yes. Because it's, it's, and it's, a you know, one of the few things I find was, like, the second season was better than the first or as mm-hmm. good or however you want to say it. But I was just, like, 
Yeah. Just really. It's she's she's amazing. Yeah, she's yeah, she really is. She's and, amazing. Uh as an actor and as a writer. She's writing it and acting it. Yeah. yeah. And she wrote Killing Eve and right. now she's writing Bond. I heard. Yeah. I'm going to actually go see a James Bond movie. I know. I haven't gone to see a James Bond movie in many years. <laughs> yes, because you know she'll do something interesting. And, yeah. you know, she's a perfect example of somebody who, you know, I talked to my friend who's a casting director in London, and she said, you know, she's been doing this for a very long time. Mm-hmm. And that show's based on her one-woman show. Right, right. That she started as, like, a tiny production in London that then went to West End. You know, it just grew and grew To your and point, grew. do the art. And, and the contacts will come. Right. Like, She's a, that's a great success story. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. And she wrote it for herself. That's that's interesting. That, that, that's something that I think I, I in my life kind of discovered that I needed. Uh, it wasn't I, – I couldn't just stake my whole creative life on being cast as an actor in movies. It was just too – it was just uh, too dependent on other people, and I needed to have more of my own. Like I, I need to have the ability to take control of my own creative outlet. Yeah, it's and, frustrating yeah. to have to depend on other people, and yeah, and and again, the reasons are not have anything to do with anything. They're just other. You know, it's 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 a it's a difficult process. So it's great that you can write your own. I, I would imagine that if there are anybody out there listening who's interested in, in pursuing acting, um, and I think they would be interested to hear from you, that would be one of my first pieces of advice would be don't just act. <laughs> I mean, which isn't to take anything away from acting, but like um, Phoebe Waller-Bridge, is that her name? Yes. Being uh, such a shining example of taking matters into your own hands and Writing, write, write the role that you want that you want to do. do. Yeah, yeah, and do you know? And and not every, not everything has to be a, a gazillion dollar budget, right? Mm-hmm. You can do things for lower budget, which is kind of what she, you know, when she started, she did that as a one woman show, and then it went into a TV show. You know, you can yeah. sort of, I think it's that thing of let of giving it a place to grow, right. I want to ask about uh, diversity in casting. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's a great thing that it's more and more top of mind for people in Hollywood and all over the country and hopefully more and more of the world um, that there's been a severe lopsidedness in who's represented in the media. And uh, casting is a big part of that. Can you talk about how how you've seen things evolve in terms of a wider variety of people being cast and which isn't to say that we're we've arrived at the promised land right now like we still have a long way to go but it does seem like we're moving in the right direction. Yeah, 100%. I mean, I think people are really conscious of diversity on every level, the studios, the producers, the directors of making sure that that what they're showing to the world reflects the world. And it's been a great thing because it's a lot of opportunity for people who might not have had that opportunity before. Yeah. And so how does that work its way into your, how you actually do your job uh, on a day-to-day basis? Well, it's making sure that we're well-versed in the diverse actors. Mm -hmm. And that's exciting too. You know, I went to see this play in San Francisco that was all about the um, Syrian refugee crisis, mm. and it had actors 
from all over the world that were, you know, every, every ethnicity. And it was such a great, like, the, I don't know that any of them would have had that opportunity before. You know, mm-hmm. I think that that play might not have been produced, say, you know, 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, was like, oh, I want to know who this person is, that person. You know, you really, you really, it's really is a, a, the scope is much wider. And it's not just a Latin, you know, Latin or African American mm-hmm. or, you know, it's like who, it's like the world. And then that's a really exciting thing to yeah. be able to meet actors from all over. Now, when a role is written, sometimes a script will specify the ethnicity of the character, but oftentimes, not. So is that a conversation you have with a director when you're going through a script? Like, do you do you specifically ask, hey, is there an ethnicity you have in mind for this part, that part, the other part? Yes. When you're sort of breaking down the script and you're going to put the, put the character description on breakdown, is mm-hmm. you, that's where you'll usually ask that question. Mm-hmm. And then sometimes if you have been searching and the right person hasn't come along, Mm-hmm. you'll often try to open it up that way. Do you mean searching and the right person, like if if, if it was assumed it was going to be one ethnicity and the right person hasn't come along, you say, well, let's let's maybe not limit it to this ethnicity? That's not limit it, yeah. And what about this person? Because that person it may not be the ethnicity you were thinking, but they have the essence of the character. Yeah. I'm writing something right now, and I actually, we have both in in the, you know, we don't have complete scripts yet, but... Some of the characters, it's specified what their ethnicity is. Mm-hmm. And, and I guess the characters where it is specified, it's because there's like a, a reason for that or there's a particular actor that I already have in mind or whatever. But some of the characters were not specifying the ethnicity. And I, and I am, am intentionally just kind of saying to myself, I don't know what ethnicity this character is going to end up as. I want to get into a casting process and meet a lot of different actors. And I want it to be more about, like you said, finding the exact right actor than finding someone of this or that uh, right. ethnicity. Yeah, which I think is it's very good to be open. Yeah. You know, I, I've been finding a little bit of people, there's been a little bit of a tendency to say, well, we need to have this ethnicity, like – Mm-hmm. A representation of every ethnicity, and yeah. which that sometimes I think is the wrong direction. Oh, yeah, that's interesting. Like uh, tokenism, are you talking about? Yes. Right. Yeah, but I because th- again, I think that that's just the opposite. It's it sort of is the the inverse of yeah, no diversity. Right? right. If you're doing it just to be diverse, right? I think the studios and the networks are. Very, very aware of diversity right now. Right. It is to the point of where it might not make sense, and but you, but you still are. You're still sort of giving given marching orders that you need to. This, this certain character needs to be diverse. Yeah, it's. I think it. I, I've. I'm sure I'm in less contact with it than you are, but I, I've, I've definitely sensed some of the same, which is that it's well intentioned, and yet some of it feels more like. It's about the optics. Or it's about like wanting to kind of cover your ass and, yeah, and check like, all the boxes. Yeah, or not get yeah. blamed for being part of the problem. And and like maybe in the end, it that's good that that's happening because if it means that 
we are having a wider variety of representation, I do believe that that's a good thing. But I, it, there is something about it that feels like, I don't know, like uh, it, it, sh- it should still be about the acting. And I, it's hard for me to say because I'm in the advantage position of being a white male. So I haven't ever personally experienced the the kind of disadvantage of what it means to be not white or not male. Right. Um, but it feels like if I were a person of color, I don't know that I would enjoy being cast just because I was a person of color. I would want to be cast because because I'm a great actor, right? Because you're the right person, it's right? Like you're you're the right actor, yeah. for the for the role, right? And I think that 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 everything is about the balance. So it's like I think there's a tendency to go to that everyone's diverse and they go too far. Where mm-hmm. it's, it's instead of it having it be a you know sort of a balanced process and and feeling, yeah. yeah. I guess that's just part of progress, though, and it's ultimately, we're, like I said, I I think we're heading in the right direction and if there is some like you said like going too far or like some of it coming from a place of not the most like sincerely inclusive place but a more like almost like wanting to appear inclusive more than actually be inclusive it's to be expected that there's going to be some of that and that's just going to be the natural consequence of us making that. progress that we're making. And it's better than not. It's definitely better than not, yeah. yeah. I want to get down to sort of like what might be sort of the punchline of this or like what we've m- maybe been dancing around, which is like, like I said, there's, I think there's a lot of people out there who who want a career in, in their creative field, again, whether it's acting or whatever else it is. and the, And there's a gate to that. And we've talked about how some of those gates work and how some of those gates are opening. I guess I just want to ask you for just explicitly, what would be your advice if you could speak to someone out there who's, especially someone out there who might not have the means to like move to Hollywood, like the person who asked this question from Peru, what would be your advice to, if, if they don't have any of those contacts uh, but they still want to do this. What would you say? Well, I think that even well, one of, one of the things is that there's local casting directors in almost every city in the world, really, including Peru. Yeah, um, and so that's a good place to start. Uh-huh. A good place to start is where you live, right. and um, she does live in Lima, which is the big city. That's in Peru. the big city. Yeah. yeah, and we just you know we've done searches recently, mm-hmm. especially with the diversity that's happening. Right. It actually we've done a lot of searches in Latin America and in mm-hmm. Peru, and and mm-hmm. and there are casting directors in those countries. Mm-hmm. So I think it's a that's a good place to start is where you live. I mean, if you live on a farm. Mm-hmm. You have to go to the city that's closest to you, right? Right. <laughs> you know? right. But I think if you live in a, in a fairly m- metropolitan place, there's going to be some sort of, even if it's just commercials, even if it's just theater, mm-hmm. there is some. There's going to be some sort of artistic center that I think you can start there, right? Because I just I'm a big believer in in if you work hard and you tr- and you 
I don't know. I just I believe in manifesting your dreams. I just think you can. Yeah. I think if you really, really try and you really want it, yeah. you you know, you have to work really, really, really hard and you have to be tenacious and ambitious and you can't take no for an answer. And if there's and if you think there's no way and it's impossible, then it will be impossible. Yeah. And if you think there's a way, there'll be a way. Yeah. I feel that way too. But I like I think it's I don't know, for the sake of discussion, I guess, because I like to play devil's advocate. Yes. Look, I, I love to think, I would love to think, because I'm lucky to have achieved whatever success I've achieved. So I'd like to take credit and say, like, well, it's because I worked hard and I didn't take no for an answer. And I did work hard. I worked really, really hard. But I also know some people that have worked really hard, probably just as hard as I have, and haven't achieved the good fortune that I have. I don't know. I'm, I guess I'm trying to, to contend with that. I, it's something that I personally, if I'm being honest, I think I feel a lot of guilt about because I feel like there's a part of my good fortune that I deserve, but there's also a part of my good fortune that I probably don't deserve any more than someone else who's not getting it. Like there's something not fair about that. And you, you're on the front lines of that. Like you see it every day. I'm curious how you wrestle with with that kind of fairness or unfairness. Yeah, it's definitely there's definitely I don't think there's a lot of fairness happening. But I think when you said good fortune, you know, I think that's hard work and I think there's fate and I think mm-hmm. there's you know, I think there's a lot of that hap- there's a lot of that you know, a lot of times when there's somebody that we're trying to get, either we, a director really wants and it can't happen and then it's somebody else mm. and I always, they it always is the right person. Mm. There is some sort of bigger force happening because I feel like it's like you have to try the, from my perspective as what I do, mm. I have to try to get the right person in the part and if it's who the director wants, I have to fight to get that person but if I for some reason, can't get that person, yeah. then I have to find the next person, right? So then that's where the fate comes in. And mm-hmm. I think that, you know, I think from 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 an actor's perspective, it is really hard. And if you really want to do it, you have to be prepared mm-hmm. for it to be really, really hard. It's a very, it's hard because there's so many factors that are influencing why you get a role and why you don't get a role. Yeah. That's why I I said as I said before when you go into an audition about leaving it in the room, mm-hmm. otherwise it's it's too hard on your heart and 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 getting in those rooms is is also tough. But you just have to do every avenue you can find and think of yeah. is what you should do. Yeah. So I feel like you know where where this leads me to is as grateful as I am to get to do acting and other creative things for a living and have that be how I make my money. I think a lot about other modes of creativity that aren't professional, that that aren't about money. Because the unfairness comes from just that I think just about every human being on the planet has in their nature the capacity and potentially the desire, the urge to be creative, to express themselves creatively. There's 7 billion people on the planet. I would argue that maybe all 7 billion of them have that. And if not all 7 billion of them, a good a good chunk of those billions of people have that in them. But there's only so many jobs right. in the creative industry. And that means there's always going to be a whole lot of people who don't get to do their creative thing for money. 
But that doesn't mean that they don't get to do their creative thing. Right. Like, I feel like there's this thing in our culture where if you're not doing it for a living, well, then you must not really be doing it very well or very seriously, or it must not be that important to you. Because if it were really important to you, then you'd get out there and you'd do what you had to do to, like, actually get a job doing it. But I actually, I don't think that that's true. Like, I, I personally know a lot of people who are brilliant and talented and worked hard at it. And it's just not been what worked out professionally. And I wish that there were less of a premium put on making creativity your living. I just, I'm curious to talk to you about it because like I said, you're seeing it every day. You're having an audition where 20 some people come in throughout the day and only one of them are going to get the part or none of them. Yeah. Like, do you know any people who you sincerely thought like, this is a great actor and then for one reason or another, over the years, they audition a bunch and eventually it just, it doesn't work out for them. Yes, I do. And sadly, I think that that does happen a lot. I think part of it has to do with that the process can be brutal. And so many years of kind of auditioning, like I think it's hard on someone's soul, right? Yeah. Like it's like going in those rooms at time and time again and not getting the role or getting really close and then maybe the movie's not doesn't do well. And mm-hmm. so that thing that you thought was going to be the thing and that happens a lot where someone gets a big part and then their agent is like, we're not going to let them do anything else. And then mm. that movie's not good and that's like, that's, that's. That's sad and yeah. kind of a disaster, right? Mm-hmm. Like, and um, and I think for women it's particularly hard because yep. they age out and Oof. men don't, and yeah. that's really, you know, I see that a lot. You want to just talk a bit more about that because I think that is really something worth shining a light on. Yeah, I mean, I think it's better nowadays. You know, I think mm-hmm. it's better now than it than it was, but I think that once a woman hits 40, there's just not as many roles unless uh, you're Meryl Streep. You know, like it's yeah. hard. It's very difficult. Yeah. Um, I'm and it's, 38. That's really fucking terrifying. <laughs> but for but for men it's not the same. You know, oh, when you look God, at when you look at terrible. yeah, it's like you'll look at you'll look at a a career of a male movie star and you look at their leading ladies as yeah, they sure. get older and their leading ladies get younger. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's so true. It's so true, you know. And it's still that way. It's still that way. It's very hard because it's based on other things. You know, it's not based for women. It's not just it's based on more than just talent. How can an actress cope with that? Like, have you have you have you had conversations with? Yeah. With people who are... Yeah, it's hard. I mean, I have a good, you know, I have good friends who go through that, you know. and right. And, you know, when one of their responses was to make a little movie for, you know, $10,000, which is very little amount of money. Right. To shoot in five days and it got sold and, and it like, you know, and it's like a little tiny movie, but mm-hmm. her, her artistic, her creativity was fulfilled. Yeah. And she's great in the movie, yeah. you know, and it's and it's sort of like so I think it's finding your own avenues, right? And yeah. it's like maybe, you know, and now that's saying you know, and she directed that movie and starred in it. And awesome. now she's trying to do, you know, so it's finding it's like kind of going back to what you were saying about that creativity doesn't always have to be how you make your money. Right. Right? It can be as long as you're fulfilling your creativity. I, I mean not it's not the 
ideal, right, for yeah. someone who's now aging out of being able to play parts. But yeah. at least they're finding other avenues. And I think that's what you have to do. Yeah. And I think that's I think that's probably true, whether it's because you're up against the injustice of Hollywood movies having this convention where actresses are younger than actors or you're up against the injustice of Hollywood movies m- mostly casting people who are able to afford to move to Hollywood and like right. it's it, you know there's there's a lot of in, injustice of it's not a level playing field there's not equal opportunities and it's hard for me to talk about it because I was literally born in the suburbs of Los Angeles. Right. <laughs> <laughs> a male, a white male. Yeah. So, uh, but I, I do feel that, believe it or not, I, I've been so fortunate to to have a some whatever success I've had, and I, I still feel sometimes, like, d- dissatisfied and upset, which I know sounds... It might sound kind of crazy, but I'm telling like I I really feel it. I think there's something human about feeling that dissatisfaction, especially if you're kind of inclined to be an artist. That's like part of being an artist is that feeling of dissatisfaction. And to me, I focus on what actually makes me the most satisfied and what actually gives me the most joy, which is doing the stuff itself, making the thing. It's the creative process is why this show is called Creative Processing. When when I'm in a movie and it comes out, that's not the fun part. No, doing it. The is fun the part, part is shooting, shooting the movie. movie. Yeah, yeah. And and like I make music. I've never been a professional musician. I've never gotten involved in the music industry. And I don't know if that's because I wouldn't be able to because I'm not good enough, or because I just didn't want to, or I don't know. But I don't know if that even matters. To me, what matters is I do it because. It gives me a lot of joy to do it. And I certainly still wrestle with feelings of inadequacy of like, well, fuck, why aren't I, why don't I have a music career? Why don't I, why didn't I put out an album? Why didn't I, why, why haven't I like played blah, blah, blah and like this huge venue and like done my set and had people know me? Like that feels bad that I haven't done those things. But when I like actually sit down and start playing the music, that shit starts feeling a lot further away. Yeah, further away. I was like, oh yeah, that's just those are the trappings, and those are like, oh yeah, because it's the dissatisfaction that makes you go, okay, I'm just going to sit down and play some music, and yeah. then you feel better, and now you're, yeah. and then you're satisfied. Yeah, that that is how it goes for me. Yeah, I think that I think that that probably is the case for a lot of people. You know, if you can f- still be creative even if you're not making a living at it, mm-hmm. I think that that's 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 gives you joy and satisfaction. Yeah. Well, this is a this is a really Great conversation. Thank you for for talking. Can I ask you one other question? Of course. I've been finishing these episodes with uh, an off-topic question. Okay. Because we get all sorts of questions from the internet. Some of them can inspire a whole conversation, and some of them are just off. But I think those are sometimes (laughs) fun to answer. Uh, So you want to answer one of these? Sure. All right. Uh, This is a question from uh, Jorge Ortega from Phoenix, Arizona. He asked, would you rather give up eating or sleeping for the rest of your life? 
<laughs> you just made a face. That's a hard question. <laughs> I enjoy both of those things very much. I know, I know. <laughs> I think, oh, wow, that's hard. I think eating. I don't know. Yeah. I, I think eating. I love to sleep. I love to eat. I mean, I owned a restaurant for a long time, so I actually— I didn't I, know that. Yeah, I owned a restaurant called Primitivo on Avakini for 13 years. Oh, wow. Yeah. The restaurant business is like as hard as fucking show business, brutal. isn't it? Yeah. It's very brutal. But yeah. it's very fun. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's the same, you know. Right. I had to try it, and it was good. It was really great. Uh-huh. So I don't know what—I I think I would rather give up eating than sleeping, though, because I'm right now I'm uh, sleeping is the— the thing that fuels me more than eating. Yeah. Okay. How about you? I mean, I already gave up sleeping. I'm a dad. <laughs> yes. Right. So you've already given up sleeping. Yeah, yeah, I've already given that up. I'll keep the eating. Keep the eating. <laughs> so good. We're good. We're good balance. Okay. There. Yeah. yeah. Good. <laughs> Thank you, Mary. Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, that is our show. Thank you for listening. Thanks so much to this episode's guest, Mary Vernew. Thank you to the folks who asked this week's questions. Monica Patricio, if you want to uh, find her on the internet, she's at M-O-N-I-K-A-L-E, and I think two underscores. It's a little hard to read, but that's her handle. And Jorge Ortega, uh, you can find him at, at <laughs> this is a good one, at Dolce Brie. Sweet Brie. It's a good cheese. D-O-L-C-E-B-R-I-E. Thanks to you guys for asking good questions. If you want to ask a question, you can email creativeprocessing at hitrecord.org or you can use Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram and hashtag creativeprocessing. If you want to do more than ask a question, if you want to get creative, if you found this conversation so inspiring that you want to write or draw or answer the question yourself, you can come to Hit Record. Uh, we have a creative processing remix project going on i've really enjoyed seeing people answering this question themselves because you know every episode's based on a question and uh we've been yeah putting out the the on-camera prompt to you know what do you think how would you answer this question it's really interesting to see how different people uh, have their own perspective so you could do that or if you don't feel like talking you feel like uh you know making some music or writing a song whatever we've got various creative prompts uh inspired by some of the ideas that we talked about in this conversation you can go to hitrecord.org slash creative processing check it out the producers of the creative processing podcast are lexi tankersley and raymond way audio produced by Kier schmidt thanks to cadence 13 and everybody at the hit record office and again most of all thanks to you for listening to me talking for a long time. (laughs) Okay, thanks. Bye.